0: Welcome to the Granite Gals Podcast.
1: This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains.
0: I am Alexandra Herr. And I am Sage Her. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention.
1: Hello, everyone. Today we are interviewing Donna Dearborn, an avid hiker and author of Every Sunday, A Father and Daughter's Enduring Connection. She has also adopted the Green Mountain Trail Loop. Welcome to Granite Gals. Thank you.
0: When and why did you start hiking and why do you like to hike?
2: I started when I was a kid, so I don't remember exactly my age, but it was my dad, um, our, our family did it to be active and be outside. My dad was a recreation director, so we just did all sports and then hiking was a really important thing that we could share together. We just, we just loved it.
0: Did you ever invite any friends?
2: Yes, we had certain families that would get together almost every Sunday and do hikes. Um, oh. we, were, we lived in Vermont, so we were on the long trail or side trails oh. off the long trail quite a bit. So it wasn't over here, it was mostly in Vermont oh. for when I was really young. Oh, sounds nice.
1: <laughs> so did you, have you just continued hiking your entire life? or? Yes, oh.
2: yes, yeah, so I've hiked a long time because I'm <laughs> 65 now. <laughs> so I've probably been hiking since I was maybe seven or eight. Wow, so that's a long time. So yeah. I guess, yes.
1: <laughs> so, what is your favorite 4K and why?
2: Uh, one of my favorites is Garfield. <laughs> um, I just always love the view from there in all the different seasons to look down into the Pemi and yeah to see the Franconia Ridge and the Bonds. It's just something special about there. and. And I also, so it remains my favorite, I think my all-time favorite. But I really love Eisenhower. Also, I love the Edmonds Path up there mm-hmm. and Adams and Lock. <laughs> I think Mus- Lock. <laughs> I guess that's a lot of people's favorite. Right. But since I hiked that many, many times with my parents, my mom and dad really liked it and they wanted to hike every trail up it from each side. Hmm. And um, so we've I've seen it corner all the corners of Moose Lock.
0: <laughs> yeah one time we were up on Moose Lock and I think it was it was after December but it was still winter time you know and so we expected to be freezing but actually that day it was way warmer than we expected yeah, and it was like spring. on the summit on the summit it was like it was windy but the wind felt warm it was the strangest mm. t- it was the strangest thing and there was barely any snow or ice on top of the mountain. It was crazy.
2: (laughs) I've I've experienced that same thing on my birthdays March 5th so I was there to celebrate my birthday once and we Mm. could just sit without putting anything else on and it was definitely in the middle of winter and there was no wind and Uh. so that's like (laughs) really special.
0: Yeah, that's really great. What lists or mountains besides the 4Ks have you hiked or are you working on and what do you or did you enjoy about them specifically?
2: Well you guys know about the 4k list once you do that you get kind of hooked onto these other lists (laughs) and uh, so from the 4k list i went to the new england 4ks and then the the 100 highest really beckoned to me a lot because i love Mm bushwhacking and a lot of people don't but (laughs) (laughs) i really love bushwhacking because that gets you to these far away places that don't have trails and um, that was really fun because my husband wanted to do a lot of them with me and he doesn't care about hiking like busy trails so that was um, that was really fun to do that together and when i finished that. 100 highest, I said, well, there's no way I'm going to do the 100 highest in the winter. And then, (laughs) guess what happened? (laughs) I started, I said, well, I guess I could hike the ones in Vermont. So then I hiked the ones in Vermont. And I said, well, there's a few in New Hampshire, I better hike those. And then, pretty soon, I was pretty far along, and I had the ones in Maine, which are all a big drive for me, being in Vermont. And uh, so, little by little, I did them in the winter and that was really exciting and a lot of driving but there were some very very tough days doing that uh, but it was all worth it.
0: Yeah it becomes an addiction. <laughs>
2: yeah I guess well then I went from there to the new Northeast like 4K's too so I just finished the Northeast what do you call it Northeast 111 which oh, is 115 wow. mountains Congrats. so that includes the Adil- Adirondacks as well as all the New England ones, and so I just finished hiking that wow. list in the winter.
1: Wow! Congrats. This <laughs> past this
2: this year, this past winter, and that that was um, a lot of new peaks in the Adirondacks because I haven't really hiked much in the Adirondacks. The White Mountains is like my home. <laughs> oh, the trail rides, of course. Yeah, right, <laughs> because yes. of you guys, so I have that in common with you guys. So. The trail rights I think, is a great list. It's I think that's one of the best, best lists because it has some real different peaks that people don't go to, and they yeah. never even consider them, and they're all over 4,000 feet, and they're all incredible, and there's a few tough ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and not only do you have to keep the list, you also have to do the hours of trail work. <laughs> and yeah.
2: that's that's the really great thing about that yeah. is it gets people to be aware that, well, all of us should be out doing trail work.
0: And also there's, there's the rule that... Uh, you can only hike uh, one peak per hike, counts right? You. Right, which is pretty unique. Right, that is that is unique. It's a good method, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that is a good thing because then that gets people to really just enjoy each individual peak instead of trying to do like five in a day. I mean, yeah, you I can think. still do five in a day, but you can only count right. one. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really safer the moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So where have you hiked in addition to the Wayne Mountains? Where is your favorite place to hike outside the Northeast?
2: In, within this country, I love out west. I love um, Wyoming, the Wind River Mountains. Have you ever hiked there? No, no. The really Wind Rivers is really beautiful. It's very remote. And then the state of Washington I really love. Um, I've hiked quite a bit there on the Olympic Peninsula of Washington and the, the Cascades. Um, it's part of the Pacific, pieces of the Pacific Crest Trail. Are, I really like that, and then outside the country is uh, New Zealand is my favorite, favorite place mm. to hike. I've been there five times now, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and was, my first time I worked on farms for 10 days or two weeks, and then I would hike for a couple of weeks and then go back to work on farms and hike and alternate that, But New Zealand. Something about New Zealand just feels like home to me. And the, the mountains are incredible, and you're never that far away from the coast because it's sort of a small country. And um, so New Zealand is my probably favorite. But I also love Patagonia, uh, Southern Patagonia in Argentina and Chile, also. Wow. Uh,
0: can you um, you know, compare and contrast a little bit the places that you really like to hike, uh, maybe outside of the U. S. like New Zealand and compare and contrast to new hampshire hiking
2: like
0: how mm. is it how is it similar how is it different
2: yeah well in, in new zealand um i would hike hut to hut so i would do big uh, or do well small loops and big loops so here in new hampshire we end up peak bagging a lot but i mean sometimes i do overnights and you know a couple of days but i think they're in the huts are are a little bit different they're not expensive (laughs) as the EMC huts but and then in Patagonia I don't know the just the scale of the mountains is just um, vast, Mm -hmm. you know and then in New Zealand the mountains are 14,000 feet high some of those so it's a bit higher not that the gain is as much you know or that much more than the White Mountains Um.
0: so there's also the factor of altitude you know and adjusting
2: Right. That's Is that ever challenging? That's it, yes. Well, when I hiked in Nepal, I did have the the beginning stages of high altitude cerebral edema. So I did come close to being in big trouble. I was at um, sixteen. Let's see, sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand feet, or seventeen thousand two hundred feet, and I started very quickly to feel very bad, oh. like to feel disoriented and sort of woozy and um, so I don't w- rush back to that kind of altitude again I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year I went to, um, I hiked in the Dolomites of Italy and that was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, like more spectacular than I ever imagined and doing a lot of via ferratas. Have you ever done those mm-hmm. or heard know. of via ferratas? Via ferrata means like iron road And so back 100 years ago, during World War I, soldiers set up cables and ladders to access the high peaks so that they could set up positions to fight the Italians versus the Austrians. So a lot of those cables remain, and they've replaced them to make them safer. But they're there for people to hike into these amazing high-like pinnacles and spires. And there's bunkers and caves. and. It's, uh, there's a lot of history, wow. but it's in really beautiful. And it's yeah. s- it can be scary.
0: <laughs> Sounds really exciting. <laughs> if, if,
2: if you have a fear of heights at all, mm-hmm. then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you might not want to be on some of them because they're like vertical ladders with an overhang um, kind of back. Oh, and when you're, you're going up the ladder, and you're like almost leaning backwards. Oh. <laughs> mm. I have a fear of heights. It doesn't sound... <laughs> ex- that's I am a very feeling. adventurous. <laughs> so I might do it.
1: <laughs> I have a slight fear of ladders, so... <laughs> yeah, that's be not good. Being on ladders not actual you could, ladders. Be,
2: you could possibly be top-roped by somebody if you had a fear but you still wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. If you had a guide or somebody that would rope you in.
0: You wrote a book called Every Sunday on a uh, father and daughter's enduring connection about your relationship with your father and the hiking adventures you two had together. Tell us about what inspired this book and how it has affected your life.
2: What inspired the book was uh, that my dad had a stroke back in 2003 and he was 75 and it might sound old, but to me that was really young, like for a very super fit, active person. Yeah. Uh, for him, you would have thought that he would be hiking when he was 100, <laughs> you know, cause he, he was just active in every way and um, really took good care of himself. So he had a stroke, out of the, they don't know why. but when he ended up in the nursing home I was so sad and um, our family was just devastated to see him so the second stroke was really a, a very bad one and it paralyzed him on his whole right side uh-huh. so he could no longer walk let alone hike and be out and do active things so i was very depressed about <laughs> about seeing him and, you know but i kept visiting him and i said what can i do you know i tried to think of something positive so i started writing all the all of these stories of our adventures of all of the things that i had done with my dad um and i would write these stories and i would bring them to him in the nursing home and i would read them or just tell him the stories and i knew that they lifted his spirits it really helped him and made his days brighter and it really helped my mom too so my mom would read the stories and she'd say oh and it would just remind her of all these good things because at the moment it was it was just so too sad Um, and so I just kept writing the story because it seemed like a very good purpose for our family and for my dad I just kept writing all of these stories and then when when he died I decided to uh, keep doing it and then compile it into a book and what came of it one of the really neat things that came of it is that people from the past would contact me when they heard about the book or they went to a, a reading or, um, mm-hmm. or they saw the book or they read part of it and they would say, oh, and they would tell me stories about my dad. They would say, tell me how much of an influence my dad had on their life, these kids, because he always took in kids from around the town. He was like a, a father figure for yeah. kids that didn't have a very good home life. And so they, all of these people, a lot of people came out of the woodwork and they said, oh, he was, he was just amazing. He was the best to me. And so it was really heartening to hear all of these stories, even though I knew, you know, that my dad had done great things like that. It was just wonderful to hear from these people that were very appreciative. And uh, so that was, that was one of the best things that I guess that came out of it.
0: I imagine how difficult that must be
2: yeah yeah and it's my mom i still have my mom and um so she's still it still helps her because it helps her remember that she was lucky to have so many great um adventures and to have shared so much with my dad with her husband so all
1: right well, thank you for sharing that with us
2: sure
1: yeah. you adopted the green mountain trail loop how did you first start taking care of this trail
2: well I think it started when I was young. My dad loved to do trail maintenance and he was a member of the Green Mountain Club and with the Brattleboro section and they would um he and a, and a different a group of families would would go out and help repair a shelter or, or do some maintenance on a trail and then we as kids would just go along and we thought it was a pretty fun thing but we'd actually help you know sometimes we'd help <laughs> we'd we'd actually do trail maintenance and so it sort of just started as part of my history and um, so then when I moved back to Vermont about um, like 25 years ago it was just a natural thing for me to go to the Green Mountain Club and say okay what trails are up for adoption and so I got one that was pretty short and I did that for a couple years but I was waiting for one that really uh, was more exciting and so then the Green Mountain Trail they they offered me the Green Mountain Trail, and I said, oh, that is excellent, that's the best trail for me, because we had gone there as kids, and uh, we had hiked into a shelter on the long trail and cooked hot dogs sometimes on a Sunday afternoon, and so then when I first adopted it, my mom and dad would also come and help do, they would hike the loop and help do a little trail maintenance too, so it's just a really, uh, it's a good feeling. For for that particular trail, and um, it's just so beautiful. I love every. It's it's so diverse. It has a pond. It has a mountaintop, and it has um, streams. So it has a lot of different elements.
0: That yeah, sounds great. <laughs> um, have you ever experienced sexism directed towards you on the trail?
2: I don't know if it was sexism, but I remember one time I was hiking on the Pacific, part of the Pacific Crest Trail for two weeks, and I was doing it by myself and many times along that hike people would ask me, well, aren't you afraid? Like, are not you afraid like to be here alone in a woman? So oh. I mean um, and I would always at first it kind of took me aback because I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about being alone or being <laughs> you know, being <laughs> yeah, like, alone as a woman. It, it was like a normal it was like a normal <laughs> thing for me to do. And I would say, well, no and they would be oh <laughs> you know that sounds really scary t- to me the people would say so i don't know if you call that sexism do you
0: yeah a little bit i mean i mean because I mean, would they ask as- that and they assume that you don't have like any experience but obviously you know you know what you're doing <laughs>
2: right yeah I mean,
1: and if there was a man they wouldn't say that
2: <laughs> would they have asked that know, to, a, to a guy i doubt I it
1: i doubt it i mean right i, I don't I, think anybody would ask if a guy's scared to hike alone pro- probably
2: not I mean, I got I, it. I, I agree. I, I don't think they would ask me yeah. if I was a guy. So, but nothing, I mean, I didn't have any uh, any trouble from anybody. You know, so I didn't ha- feel, meet any uh, strange, like, creepy people.
0: <laughs> yeah, usually hikers are pretty pretty good people, or at least not, you know, out to get you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Usually hikers are great people. Yeah.
0: yeah. Some, some of them can be sexist, even if they don't know it.
2: Right. It's not on purpose. Yeah, so it's usually,
1: like, Yeah, usually it's probably an underlying sexism that yeah. people aren't really aware of. Okay, so tell us about your most memorable animal encounters on the
2: trail. Well, I've had some good moose um, encounters and good bear encounters. Probably the most, um, maybe there's a top two. So the top bear encounter that was a little frightening was that my husband and I were walking in the woods and all of a sudden I heard a crash, crash, crash sound. It sounded like a moose. But when I looked up in a tree, because that's where the sound was coming from, a very large mother bear was flying from the top down to the bottom of the tree. Wow. And then her two cubs came flying right down. And wow. so they all, three sat at the bottom of this tree and looked at us. Oh my gosh. And so we <laughs> stood there and we looked at them. And then I had my original yellow lab was there right um, between us and we all just stood like statues and they stood like statues and and we were like okay (laughs) well and what we did was just back off slowly we kept looking at them and we backed off slowly and my dog just kept looking at me where she was incredible like what (laughs) well, you know, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And she didn't bark, Good and dog. she didn't want to go towards the bears, which would have really mm, nothing work. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it probably it could have caused a, an issue, th- um, and so we just kind of kept slowly backing off, and the bears just stayed there, and they didn't, and so nothing really happened. But for a moment, it was a little bit—you s- kind of wonder what was yeah, going to happen. I don't see that very often. Yeah, but it was <laughs> really—it was really exciting <laughs> and scary a little bit yeah. but I think my my most interesting moose one was I was in Baxter and I was backpacking by myself and it was in October so it was during the prime part of the rut where the the males mm-hmm. uh, the bull moose are like really interested in finding a mate mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I heard this like these noise the moose noises like, <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 however And so I looked over and I saw a a big bull moose with a very large rack Mm -hmm. and he was looking at me and he started moving, like walking towards me Mm -hmm. and I looked around really quickly to find where some trees were that I could just hide behind trees and to block myself from this moose and he got pretty close. And he looked at me, and then he realized, and my, he probably smelled me, and he realized that I really wasn't, like, meat material. <laughs> 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 he would just, like, better keep looking. <laughs> so, so I got, I was, like, saved.
1: Thanks. <laughs> <Yikes>. That's scary. <laughs> but,
2: yeah, I've seen a lot of bears when I've been hiking, and I just um, kind of mind my own business and t- tell them to just do the same. And yeah. that's, It's always been Okay.
0: Do you prefer to hike solo or with a group of people?
2: Uh, solo. I have been a solo hiker for a lot of my life, and I just really love it. Um, I like I do like hiking with people and maybe in small groups also for different reasons. And maybe especially in the winter, I think for safety, it's smarter to hike with somebody. Um, yeah. But I think I mean I was just telling my mother the other day. I said, Mom, you know, if I waited to have somebody to hike with <laughs> like all these hikes so I would hardly ever go hiking yeah you know, because I like to hike mid in the middle of the week and yeah I like to go you know when the weather's good or when I'm ready and so I guess I've always had the confidence you know and you know built up the skills over the year to feel really comfortable hiking alone I mean there's just and now I have I hike with my two yellow labs so I don't know if you call that solo or nuts <laughs> because <laughs> they' they're really good but they're not gonna rescue me <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> well they are good pathfinders aren't
2: they yeah they are <laughs> they have really good especially my older one Ella she can find the way if there's any question and even on bushwhacks like she can sniff out the way that we might have come so she can find maybe a good way back that's
0: yeah,
1: probably how dogs are most, most helpful on the trail <laughs> yeah <laughs> they sent. What's next? Do you have any specific hiking related plans for the future?
2: I want to hike more of the trail rights peaks in the winter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, it sounds crazy. It's not something that's really that normal. <laughs> um, so Yeah, that'll be exciting. <laughs> <but> yeah, so <laughs> especially the, bu- the bushwhacks, Yeah. Yes. Right. So that's what I'm I'm looking forward to for this winter and I have some buddies that are interested in doing some of them you know certain ones and like especially southwest twin if you do you remember that one yes yes yeah. <laughs> it might it's sort of a memorable one for a lot of people and in the winter it makes it 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 will definitely be tougher because it's longer because of you know the roads not being plowed and uh northwest hancock so i'm looking forward to just doing some more of those as a kind of off the beaten path thing being out there in the winter.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I sense cool. this winter theme going on here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well a
2: friend of mine she, she just emailed me yesterday and asked me if I wanted to hike in Austria hut to hut with her next summer. Wow. So I don't know if that will be able to happen um, but when I looked at picture you know how when you look at pictures of, of the scenery and the huts it makes you feel like it's you really want to do it. So yeah. that's what she right. tantalizes me with these photos <laughs> <laughs> so that she can hook me in So I don't know if that will happen, but it looks it looks beautiful. Yeah,
0: I bet it's really pretty. So uh now we can ask some questions that are unrelated to hiking. Um what do you do for a living?
2: <laughs> I'm semi retired right now and um some so as a flexible business, I, I do taxes and accounting, and uh, but my training, my main jobs have been in exercise physiology. So I have a master's in exercise physiology. Um, so I was a fitness director and a director of a human performance lab, and that was a, I've had a lot of great jobs, and uh, like one in particular, I worked at a. It was a residential program for women, and so I got to be half like in the classroom and half. Outside, which was really perfect for me, so I could lecture on health and wellness, and I could also take them out for walks and hikes, and teach them tennis and cross-country skiing, and take them snowshoeing, wow. and bring my dog along too. <laughs> and so that was like that was an ideal job for me.
0: Yeah, sounds perfect.
2: And at the same time, I still instructed Outward Bound courses, which th- I did that for 15 years. So I'd lead um, kids and adults, and sometimes women's groups backpacking or backpacking and canoeing or winter dog sledding and cross country skiing trips. So I, st- I told them I'd work there as long as I could still do a couple of Outward Bound and they said, well, okay.
1: <laughs> cool. That sounds fun. What's
2: your favorite food? Salmon would be my favorite, mm-hmm. favorite food. It's good. So <laughs> that's, that's, There was a time I was a vegetarian, (laughs) but it would be really hard for me now to like be a vegetarian because (laughs) salmon is just not know.
0: You could be a vegetarian.
2: I guess you could. Yeah, yeah, I probably am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we're often we're these
1: food groups without even knowing it because often you don't eat that much meat and 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 then you're like, oh, I'm vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah, Um, we don't eat that much meat. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I don't. Especially red meat. What's your favorite non-hiking related book?
2: Uh, my fa- i guess my favorite books. These I end up reading a lot of hiking books, <laughs> but uh, my favorite non-hiking books have been about dogs. I guess the <laughs> do you know the Art of Racing in the Rain? I haven't read that, that. No. That's a really neat book, and A Dog's Purpose. So that kind of book, I guess, has been really has sort of inspired me lately.
1: <laughs> Uplifting. <laughs> If you could either fly or be invisible, which one would you
2: choose and why? Oh, I would fly. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would want to be up there at the t- tip tops of these mountains and uh, without feeling getting any altitude sickness, <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> nice. <laughs> like an eagle, I guess. I mean, I think eagles are that they're they're amazing. So I. have I've watched eagles since like, on the coast or in the mountains, and said, "Wow, that would be amazing. What's it like to be an eagle?" So,
1: and they're pretty like powerful creatures too, and they're predators. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I
2: right.
1: Ninety-nine percent of the people we've interviewed would choose fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people have cho- chosen invisible, but yeah. I think you're like two, but yeah. The yeah, most <laughs> uh, <they'll>
0: choose fly. <laughs> Dogs
2: or cats? Well, I think I know
0: what your answer is.
2: But yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would be my answer? <laughs> Dogs. Yeah. yeah. I'm a serious dog lover, but when I was a kid, um, we had a cat. My mom would only allow us to have a cat, oh, so we okay. had, I was allowed to get this um, little black kitten, bring this little black kitten, Aww. we named him Buster, and he was a totally awesome cat. <laughs> so I don't dislike cats, really. And then eventually she broke down and would let us have a dog. So we got a mutt from the pound, and he was a, he was a great dog. But I, th- I think cats are cool, but dogs are incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so most cats don't hike with you. <laughs> Although yeah, there is, is one true. in the White Mountains that's yeah, hiking I've all of the that. high peaks. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would it's, love to hike with a, him or
1: her.
2: That's a <laughs> neatest looking cat, and it has like four dog brothers. Yeah, the, the dogs and cats hiking, yeah. That's yeah, it's really like five, a group of five of them. It's crazy. It'd be great to, like, run into that when you're hiking. <laughs> like, yeah. <wow. laughs> I mean, she's done almost all of the 4,000-footers with that wow. crew.
1: Maybe someday I'll do that. I've got a cat, and we'll, you know, <laughs> raise them to hike. So <laughs> 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 you have to start when they're little, because yeah. if you gur them and then only when they're an adult mm-hmm. start hiking, they're going to be like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I bet,
0: if you, I bet if you hike with a cat and start when it's still alive, but I bet it would like to do it as a I
2: yeah, d- yeah, I bet.
0: But our cats now are just lazy. They yeah just lay
2: down. We'd have to drag them up. To you feet. have to carry Without them. <laughs>
0: Maybe Papato, one of our cats. Maybe, yeah. but he's too lazy. Not the other two.
2: So you're cats. You're you're cat lovers. Yeah, yeah. I do
1: love dogs too, though. But we uh have, we have three cats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, chips or popcorn.
2: Uh, chips, I would say. When I would do out bound courses, like for eight or. Twenty-two days after, I would the first thing I would want is like potato chips, <laughs> <laughs> or salt, I guess, or just something kind of sinful and and <laughs> just salty. Uh, I think after being out in the woods and so yeah, chips.
0: Salt I mean, tastes really good after
1: you. <laughs> yeah. A
2: lot. Yeah. And um, also chips
1: have a lot that's of variations too.
2: That's what yeah I know. That's yeah. what comes to mind is that particular moment, like of potato chips. But I like blue corn chips too.
1: Mm-hmm. Cheddar or Swiss
2: cheese? Cheddar, for sure.
1: Uh, okay, so this isn't really non hiking related, but we're gonna ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> if you had to pick one, summer hiking or winter hiking in the lights. What would you guess?
2: Uh, winter, winter hiking. hiking. <laughs> 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 yeah. Winter. Yeah. Winter <laughs> just like resonates with me. And so I guess that's good because we're sitting here, like, you know, on a cool day outside of <laughs> the gazebo. But Something about winter is it's just so beautiful and it's just so pure and uh there's fewer there's fewer people. Sometimes, you know, there's there's no one out there and it's just for me. And uh, there's a lot more challenges to the winter, but I mean the rewards are great. So there
0: are no bugs. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) There's no bugs. Yeah.
2: I think I mean, even so, hiking this trail today, the Kinsman Ridge Trail up Cannon, I was thinking I would much rather be here in the winter. I'd mm. much rather there be snow that covered all in between these rocks. Mm. It's so much easier rather than like trying to like pick your way up and over and around these rocks. Sure. So there's there's definite benefits of that, yeah. but yeah, it's a lot it, smoother. Awesome I'm a winter girl. Country. Yeah, I grew, <laughs> I grew up in Vermont and just doing all outdoor winter things and skiing and.
1: It's great. <laughs>
2: Sorry. So I'm not gonna. R- I don't want to retire to Florida or somewhere. <laughs> <like that>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> retire to Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Alaska. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, thank you for being here. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Well, thanks for asking me. It's it's an honor and it's a pleasure.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great talking to you. The preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike. We strongly encourage you to donate to Union of Concerned Scientists, or UCS. It is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change. You can learn more about UCS and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org.